Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for being here with us today, for bringing all of your unique brilliance to the table to learn, to grow with us as each of us strives every day to be just a little bit more of the thriving entrepreneur that's inside of each of us. I want you to know right up front, you are amazing. I know that some of us have had good days today and some of us listening have had bad days. You know, maybe it's a tough day. Maybe it's even been a whole tough week or month. Um, What I'm here to tell you is that you can rise above that. That you are amazing. You are a rock star. I want you to define yourself that way as rock star. And then I want you to ask yourself a question. Are you working for your business or is it working for you? I want you to think about that for a minute because a lot of us, um, you know, we have become employees (laughs) to the company that we own rather than us managing, guiding, directing, leading the company. We are the most subservient followers driven by the whims of customers and company. Um, of anybody in the whole thing. And that doesn't matter whether you're a solopreneur, um, you know, or you have hundreds of thousands of people. You know, you're an international conglomerate. It's very easy to fall into that trap of your company running you, of you not holding on to what is your unique brilliance. And because of that, ending up being in a place where Uh, You know, the company just runs you day to day to day to day to day. You don't take time off. You don't take care of yourself. You're not good to you. And a lot of you that are in that place, I know because I've been there myself. I understand it totally. You're probably not happy. You probably have some wishes in life. And it's highly probable that one of those wishes at this point is that the company would just go away or that somebody would buy you out and you wouldn't have to do it or things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, you started this company. You're amazing. You're a rock star. You are a leader. You are so incredible. And what we want to do today is light a fire for you, but also give you some insight so that you are back in control of your business 
instead of your business being in control of you. I'm so excited because I have a great, amazing guest. When you hear this lady's resume, you're going to be blown away. And then when we get to the help, tips, and advice she gives, you are going to be up-leveled. Now, for some of you who are saying, hey, you know, I'm doing good in my business right now. I really am staying in my lane and hiring other people to, uh, you know, to do the things that I should not be doing. Um, that's great. I want you to know that there are some things that are coming up for you today that are going to up-level you too. This is a high-level, intense, wonderful opportunity for you to take yourself up as a leader up to the next level. Whatever place you're at in your business, in your life, you will be better. I mean, you've got to do the work. You've got to commit yourself to wanting that from this show. But if you want that, you will have it. We have an amazing guest for you today, and we are going to spend the whole entire episode bringing out that rock star within you, making your business go back to working for you instead of you working for your business. And every one of these things is going to come in to serve you and help you live as a thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is going to be fun for us today. All right. So I would like to introduce to you a good friend, um, an invaluable asset to our company, but also an international bestseller, Renette Clark-Williams. Hi, Renette. How are you? Hi, Steve. I am great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so excited to be here. Um, So thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. So um, are you working on book two or book three now? I am on workbook number one, which is the companion to book number one. So it is, so in essence, it is a second effort, right? You know, obviously all the, all the, uh, the uh, same uh, work and effort had to go in, into it, but, um, and that I will be launching um, on July 2nd. And it is the workbook to the book because I got some feedback from the book that, you know, people were like, this is great. And I gave them steps and, you know, actions that they could take right then and there. Um, But this workbook has in-depth 
worksheets where they really can dig deeper into the seven principles that I speak about in the book. So I'm really excited about it because it would be able to take them, you know, catapult them even further on the journey. So tell us the name of your international bestseller. Okay, so it is Redefining Rockstar Leadership, Making It Work for You, Not You, For It. Ooh, all right. Yeah, well, yeah. We're going to dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, um, we want to talk a lot about that. But okay. first, let's talk a little bit about you. Okay. Um, I know that you've had a pretty amazing career. <laughs> um, <laughs> tell us about, uh, you know, the things you've done so far in business. Okay, so yeah, so I had about 20 years in mainly IT, project management, business analysis, and team development. So Yes, I've worked for lots of the larger organizations, you know, the IBMs, the Coca-Colas, the SunTrust. I even did some of uh, the big four consulting um, with Ernst Young. And so all that definitely great was able to um, work along some brilliant people. And it was able to obviously help me to build my skill set. Um, so uh, that's probably for, the, for 20 years or so, that's really um, the areas of focus uh, that I engaged in. Um, and I was pretty good, <laughs> I'd say. I was pretty good um, at the what I did and, um, and how I did it and how I approached it. Um, I did, however, get to a point where, um, and I know we'll go deeper into this rock star, but I think sometimes when I say it to people, they get exactly what I'm saying when I'm saying it, where um, I was living this life that I think I felt that everyone expected me to live. I had the right job, you know, um, I was progressing in my career. So all those things were going as they should, uh, but I was not fulfilled. I was not personally fulfilled. Um, and I eventually made a decision to say goodbye, uh, which was surprising to many, <laughs> including my <laughs> employer at the time, uh, to say goodbye and to move on to something that would um, more speak to who I am as, as a person. And that was a whole barrage of amazing companies. And you said them like you were saying, <laughs> you know, nickel and dime mom and pop. <laughs> you know, just IBM and Sony and Coca-Cola. <laughs> so, I mean, what does a person mm -hmm. do to, uh, you know, get high-end jobs at... Right amazing fortune 100 companies okay so i will say this um once you have worked at one of those top 100 you know whether it's a fortune uh you know a a a, a, a top four of the consulting once and once somebody sees that name on a resume right and you're part of that club it does obviously make it easier to fall into another one of those companies because they're like, oh, okay, well, that person's been in that environment. They've been in that culture, so they understand. 
that world. So the first, I think, major company I worked for was um, IBM. And in truth, the company I was working for at the time, uh, they outsourced all of their procurement, project management, uh, accounting, everything to IBM. So I went from being an employee of that company to being an employee of IBM. And I was with IBM for three years prior to being um, laid off uh, with a <laughs> with many of my friends <laughs> who, were, who were laid off at the same time. Um, and so once that happened, and then, you know, I'm out there in the workforce, and I'm obviously looking for work and stuff, you know, there is a certain pedigree, okay, that comes with, you know, oh, I've worked at, at, at IBM, you know, I've been with the blue, you know, um, so, and I think that people are like, oh, okay, wait a minute, oh, well, you know, this, this, this resume is going to stand out due to that, so that may definitely get somebody to want to take a second look. Now, obviously, once you get to that interview, you need to be able to stand on your own <laughs> um, to, 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 to secure the position, but I mean, absolutely, I mean, I definitely think that you know, it, it kind of starts this, this, this domino effect. And then, so from there, um, you know, I ended up in another uh, thing. I don't I'm trying to think of the order, but um, I think, I think it was here cause I, I live in uh, Georgia. So it was here um, and at SunTrust, which has a pretty large presence because their headquarters are here. Um, you know, and from there it was, you know, next company and there was next company. And, you know, and then at one point I said, it, I got into the consulting with the, with the big four. Uh, the last company that I worked at that I actually left prior to branching into my uh, forever career, hopefully this was entrepreneurship, was Delta, which is also huge presence here. Um, so I, I obviously will give credit to knowing your craft, you know, um, being able to obviously get in and do um, a good job. Uh, but definitely, uh, you know, I have to say that I am sure that the prior names on my resume did not hurt. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So um, let's talk about rock star leadership. Yes. So um, before we can redefine rock star leadership, mm -hmm. let's talk about the traditional definition for rock star leadership. Right. Okay. So, uh, and that would be... Um, Someone, okay, okay, so there's rock star, obviously, you know, you're out there, you're, you know, I'm not obviously on a stage, you know, with a guitar, and then there's rock star in the more um, tradition of the corporate environment. And normally when somebody is referring to somebody as a rock star, they mean that person is dependable, they're a go-getter, they're going to go above and beyond, they're reliable, they're no drama, <laughs> right? We know this is going to get done, it's going to get done efficiently. We're not going to have to worry about major fallout. We're not going to have to hold their hand. We can just send them, you know, five minutes before a meeting into there and say, hey, you know, here's a few notes. Hit it. Right? That's, you know, normally, and that's a big term that I saw that came up a lot um, even now, but definitely the last, you know, I don't know, five or so years is, you know, we're looking for that rock star. When you see these, um, job uh, uh, postings. You know, we're looking for that rock star this or that rock star that. Um, that's normally 
what they are looking for. And that is what uh, many people will um, aspire to be, whether because it's just kind of who they are or that they feel that if they're going to survive, you know, within this, within this corporate setting, that they have to become that person, that everything. I feel like I need to get rights to the song Jukebox Hero um, to be able to play <laughs> as an intro or outro out of one of our breaks. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so let's uh, let's redefine Rockstar. Re- mm-hmm. What what is the redefinition that you've placed for it? Okay, so for me, the redefinition is to still be able to uh, embrace all of the skills that I have within me, all of the knowledge that I have, all of the expertise, and still be able to step into a setting, giving my all, my work, you know, my work ethic still being intact and all of those things. But the difference for me is the motivation behind why I am doing it. Because previously, as I kind of hinted to before, just based on expectations from childhood that I grew up with, expectations that we, we end up putting upon ourselves because of things that we perceive, but the expectations that I, the pressure that I felt was that you've got to be this. And then, and then it's like I set a standard, and then if I met that standard, then I would set a new standard. I was constantly in this, in this just this cycle of better, 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 better. You know, it was just, it was a never end. And it wasn't necessarily because I felt this is what I needed to do. I just felt this is what, whatever, you know, society felt I needed to do or, or, or family felt I needed to do or, you know, whoever, whatever other thought <laughs> came into my head. But that's why I felt that I needed to do it. So the difference is still moving forward um, with all of the special gifts that, you know, I have, and obviously we all have our special gifts, but doing so based on what it is that I desire, you know, what, what, based on my motivation, this is something that I choose to want to involve myself in. This is a project that I choose to want to be a part of. This is the way that I choose to want to move forward and doing it authentically in my authentic power not that oh okay ronette needs to walk into a room and lights camera action ronette's on you know that you know that ronette the the you know the you know the, you know the, the star is born on it no just i can enter into a space just being who i truly am but taking all of my special gifts with me and move forward in the confidence that's another thing, being confident, knowing that it's going to work out the way that it needs to work out, you know what I'm saying? And I don't have to worry about all of these other, I don't have to take all those fears with me that if I don't do it this way or that way. So for me, that is how I have redefined my rock star. And that is the way that I live life now versus how I was living life even, you know, seven, eight, uh, 10 years ago. So I know in your book, you talk about the concept of having it all. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to talk a little deeper about that because I think there's a difference between 
well, and maybe we even need to define that for the listener, the difference right. between what people say is having it all and what it really means to have it all. Can you talk about that? Absolutely, absolutely. So what I talk about there is the perception, particularly from not even myself, but from others that I had it all. So again, we talked about, you know, find the big name companies. Okay. So we, um, so even one of my, uh, when I was working at that big four, you know, I had this great job, six figure salary, um, corporate card for travel. You know, there were some times where I had to travel internationally for projects, great office with a view of downtown, you know, um, um, Atlanta, Married at that point for I don't know how many years. We're 20 years now. So let's say 15 years or, or so at that time. Had the, you know, two kids. You know, all I was missing. We have the fence. It's not white picket, but, <laughs> you know, but we had the fence, you know, nice home, all of that. So from the outside, from people's perception on the outside, Rhonda has it all. She's got it all, it's all together. Look at this, she's got the family life is, is on lockdown, you know, that, that's great. The work life, you know, she's able to, let's say travel for the job or, or you know, she and, and the family, they're able to maybe go, you know, go away on vacation or, you know, you know her, her, her kids at one point in time, they were in um, Montessori school before we did um, move them to the, the charter school they're in now, but you know, all her kids, you know, they're in, they're in you know, Montessori school. I mean, so the, 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 perception and the imagery I think is just like oh my gosh look at this they are just she's living a dream right they're, they're living a dream everybody's just living the dream this is just great um but that's from the outside because inside I wasn't necessarily feeling all of that Well, and you have a great phrase in the description here I love this imagery the immense darkness of oh, yes. growing inner misery. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and really, and, Steve, and I know that may sound dramatic, but it's real. It's real, you know? Um, right. And, and right. And when that meets, because it's the thing, it's real because, you know, it's, that's, that's what I was walking with, with a smile on my face, of course, at all times, a big old smile. But that's what I was walking with internally. And when that collides with this, you know, this perception, this, this image, imagery, um, it can be pretty explosive. Yeah, I bet. So what was, that, um, what was that catalyst moment? When did you, can you tell me the story when you just- Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the story's in the book and, um, it was just a typical Saturday. Um, we were going to um, a friend's house for, I think it was a, a barbecue, some kind of barbecue, summertime. And I'm just doing what I normally do. I'm running down every possible thing in my head that I have to take care of. So there's the, okay, well, okay, I need to make sure the kids, you know, they eat and, you know, I need to make sure, okay, what are they going to eat when we get there later? And, you know, are they going to be good? Because they, they were a bit younger then. So that's when, that, that was back in that, do I need to have a snack, you know, type of thing. And so I'm going through all that. And then I'm thinking about work and I'm thinking about, okay, well, I know that we're set for you know, this implementation on Monday, but maybe I need to send an email to this person and an email to that email to that email. So I'm going through all this, all this pre-prep, prep, prep, prepping the prep, 
you know, in my head about, okay, all these things that I, that I, that I should do. And, you know, we'll obviously get into my whole delegate the should, because once you say you should something, that's already an alarm. So all these things that I should do to prepare, I'm thinking about, oh, you know, oh, my husband, you know, he's got an appointment, uh, the doctors, you know, um, and, you know, I, or we need to follow up or maybe I need to do, make this call for him or that call for him. So all these things that are going through my head about, Everyone else, including my mother, because the one thing I haven't mentioned yet is I am a sandwich generation child, so a, a, a sandwich generation thriver, as I say, because my mother has lived with us for 12 years, okay? So that's also a big part of daily life. It's, you know, particularly as she gets older, she's going to be turning 80, actually, on July 8th, so happy early birthday to my mom. Um, and so in dealing with um, that as well as her care. So I'm like, okay, you know, I need to make sure dinner's left for her. And all these things are going through my head, which is pretty much norm for me. And I just was overcome by just anxiety. And I was like, okay, what is going on? And I started to cry. And at first I was like, okay, this is weird. I don't know what's happening. And I was in the bathroom. So I sat at the side, uh, on the side of the tub. And then I started to cry more. And then I was slid down to being on the floor of the tub. And then I just started outright bawling. And I was inevitably in the fetal position on the bathroom floor, which seemed like forever, probably more like 15 or 20 minutes. My husband happens to walk in and looks at me like, any husband, what if he sees his wife down there? And he's just like, are you, are you okay? You know? And he's like, what is wrong? Just, you know, totally perplexed. And I said to him, I am tired. I said, not like I need a nap, tired, but like my soul. Like I, I am just, I, I, like, I can't live this way at this pace anymore or i'm going to kill myself i mean I'm, I'm not i'm going to kill myself i'm going to die like it's going to kill me because i said i just i just i can't i cannot do this and it was that day that i said i've got to make changes i've got to make changes i cannot continue to do this because obviously that outburst that was i'm sure brewing in me for so long and who knows why that day, who knows why that particular situation, but I'm glad it happened because I don't think that even in my conscious, obviously, I realized what was going on and what was so desperately going wrong in my subconscious until that occurred. Wow. That's uh, incredibly intense stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I can see where... Uh, yeah, I, that, that's amazing. All of those things. And, and I think it's so true that women especially mm -hmm. have like 40 conversations happening in their head <laughs> <laughs> all day right. long anyway. Right, right, right. It's just, it's just, it's too much. It, it, it's too much. And particularly, you know, when you, and I'd love to be able to say, Steve, that somebody put a gun to my head and made me have those 40 thoughts, you know, and I'd, I'd love to say that, but that's not, that's not true, right? That that's not true. I mean, lots of it is, is, is self-imposed, but I think that part of it is we don't, we don't recognize it. We don't realize it. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just what we do, right? It's just, it's just what we do. It's just part of every day I get up, I breathe, and then this is how I go through life. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would be remiss without shouting out to your mom. Um, you know, <laughs> you. ironically or interestingly enough, my mom's 80th birthday is actually July 7th. Oh my gosh! That's yeah. so funny. That's great. <laughs> uh, we should get our moms together and have we should. <laughs> Oh gosh. We should, yeah, you know, big preparations going on here, as you can imagine. Big preparations. Uh, Absolutely. Um, but you brought up a really interesting word. I love that word should. Oh. <laughs> as in I hate it. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Talk to me about people shooting themselves. No, I mean, so this is a big thing for me. Delegate the should. My rule, and I have to catch myself because it's so hard because it's just such a part of our everyday vocabulary, right? It, it, when I say I should do something, I immediately have to pause because that more than likely means that something that somebody else can be handling. Right. It's, you know, if I, I should, mm, but really, is that my job to do? Probably not. <laughs> okay. Probably not because it's all, I mean, cause I sit around, listen, I am the kind of person and I, I like to say that I'm recovering, but I am not um, totally cured because you know, kind of who you are is who you are. All you can do. What I do is I recognize when I feel that, you know, those old habits come up and I recognize it and then I try and, you know, kind of, you know, uh, 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 put a halt to it. But definitely, definitely more so back in the day, especially if I just was kind of sitting around and had nothing to do. I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with that. You know, I didn't, I didn't know this whole nap, relax. Like, I don't, I didn't know what to do with that. So that would be big time for shoulds. Well, you know, I'm sitting here, so I probably should go and, you know, I don't know, do whatever in the backyard, or I probably should go and, oh, well, you know, my husband, Joe, well, I know Joe was probably going to get around to something, but he may not have time, so I should do that uh, for him, or I should go and check on this, or I should go and check on that. None of those were my job to do. None of them were mine to do. Um, the either belong to somebody else or more than likely it's something again that and you know obviously we'll get into it a little bit that I can I can outsource you know or delegate to, to, to someone else totally just you know somebody who's maybe it's one of the kids maybe it's you know someone who I've hired but maybe but it's not it's not for me to do that's not where my focus needs to be um, and I think that we really need to be mindful when we use that word should that not that, that does not mean that every time you say that word that it is 100% absolutely <laughs> not for you to do. But I'd say the majority of the time, we need to really be conscious when we use that word and really assess if it is our work to do. All right, now I bet you've already got a whole bunch of notes, but if you didn't make a note of that, make a note of it. In fact, I'm gonna give you a piece of homework right now. I want you to make a list of all the things you do. Maybe you're not aware of them, so the best thing for you to do would be to spend the next week, or even two weeks if you need to, and write down every single activity that you do. Um, write them all down. I mean, even do the personal things, you know, time with your wife, watching TV, reading a book, whatever that might be. Um, and don't critique any of them. Just make a list of it. Okay, and then at the end of that time, at the end of that week or two weeks, take a look at that list. And then begin to ask yourself, which of these things are the things 
that I need to be doing, that I should be doing, that I'm effective and powerful at. And what of the things are on this list that I'm seeing myself doing that are some things that I had not to be doing? And then I challenge you after you look at that list to find ways to remove from your activities the things that were probably never yours to do in the first place and watch how much more you begin to thrive as an entrepreneur. We'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. I'm here with my special guest, Renette Clark-Williams. She is talking to us today about redefining rock star leadership. In the last segment, just before the break, we were talking about people, us as leaders, doing things that we shouldn't do. Well, and I think a big piece of the problem comes from the standpoint of I talk to so many people that I think the thing they struggle with the most is they've never defined what, and again, I'll use this word, what they should do. You know, Mm -hmm. what what is your thing to do? Mm -hmm. So how does a person even identify that? I mean, with all the stuff, especially if you're a rock star leadership, you know, Mm -hmm. you're a rock star leader, you're out there getting it done. You're that person who, you know, the boss can come to you and ask you to do anything, you know, right. Right. Give me a giraffe in Minnesota in the middle of December. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, how do you how do you even identify what really is yours? Right. And I think, you know, it's and it's so hard, I think, also. That's a this is this is a great question to, tr- to to define it further. But particularly in the job world these days, because we all have these positions now that are, you know, they just uh, I mean, there's even, I think there's even the, 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 the line in there that, you know, obviously there's all this ad hoc stuff that can be added or this, that, and the other as needed or as applicable. Like there's, you know, so you have a description, right? But we all go into it knowing, well, that's the, that's the basic description, but that doesn't mean that's really everything that you're going to uh, be responsible for. So I think that we just walk in there and we're confused. Like, I mean, I think to the point, there's not even clarity there that even if I have a description, it's still like, well, you've made it clear that it could be this, but it could also be 10 other things. Um, But we will, I guess, use what it is that we do have. So if you are in that environment where you're going into a job every day and you have been provided with basic parameters for what your 
uh, role entails and you are being asked to go above and beyond that. I do not think that it is um, a problem or it shouldn't be a problem to question, just to, you know, just to, just to question and say, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm handling, you know, this and A, B and C and D, and I understand that this is a need, you know, um, but, uh, you know, especially if you know that there's somebody else who is supposed to be, who, who, who is the should, who is supposed to be responsible for that position, for that, for that task, to inquire as to, you know, the fact that you, you had an understanding that this was belonged to such and such. Um, and then obviously if there's some conversation around why that isn't the case, then there's some conversation around why that isn't the case. But I, I think this, this, this sense that we have that if we are asked to, we must, we have got to stop walking in that fear, right? Because that's, it's just this fear that I can't raise my hand. I can't question it. I can't push back at all because I have been asked to do this and, um, particularly whatever it is, whether you're working in corporate America, whether you are a entrepreneur with a business and you have clients, there's, there's always that fear of, well, if I don't do it, they'll just get somebody else who will. Right. And so we end up finding ourselves doing all of these things that one, you know, we know should not be ours to do. Um, we probably don't have the bandwidth to do. We may not even have the skill set to do. That was a whole other thing where I would, take on things that I had to stay up all night to learn how to do it just to be able to handle the task, right? You know, we take all these things on and then ultimately also things that we're not aligned with within ourselves. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. You're doing this thing and you know, you know down in your gut, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. You don't feel right about it. You know that you should have said something, right? You know that, that, that there should have been some pushback, but you continue to um, move forward anyway. And a lot of that, as I said, is fear and um, being looked upon as somebody who, okay, well, oh, well, you know what? So you're not capable of doing it. Or you're not willing to do it. You know, you're not willing to be part of the team. You're not willing to go that extra mile. You know, all of those things. But we have a right to say, you know, this is the understanding. This is, this is my plate. My plate can hold these items. Um, this is what my plate is supposed to hold. My plate cannot, if we put that on there, my plate's going to topple over, you know, and then everything's going to go sideways. Hmm. That's a really good principle. And I think it leads really well into the next thing I was going to ask you about. Mm -hmm. And that's that whole concept of leading yep. the people. Um, yep. There's a great phrase. I love it. Um, Richard Marchenko, actually, the original leader of SEAL Team 6, says, you manage things, you lead people. Right. So um, explain to people what it means to be a leader and to really lead people. Right. So for me, leadership is more than just, oh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a title, you know, it's that, uh, you said director, manager, CEO, or whatever. Leading is, for me, I, I like to say that I lead from the front, meaning um, um, that there are people who are watching me. They're observing me. They are seeing how I go through my day. And they are, in essence, learning based on what I do. 
kind of like a family dynamic, like my, like my children and, and, and myself. I can tell them to do things all day long, but if they're watching me and my actions aren't reflecting what I've been telling them to do, then that's not going to resonate with them. You know, they, but if they are watching, they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, you know, mom, she engages in the, those behaviors as well, then that makes more sense to them. That's more relevant to them. So, um, so for me as a leader, I, one, um, put great effort into uh, moving forward and engaging and communicating and working in a manner that I would like to see reflected throughout the team you know, or the people who are looking to me as that leader. It's not, oh, okay, there's a problem that arose and I'm this leader, so I'm going to sit over here and I have absolutely nothing to do with it whatsoever. You all figure it out and, and clean it up. No, it's okay. Let me come here and let me see what's going on. Now, it does not necessarily mean that I need to, depending on the situation, be 100% in the trenches, but it needs the, 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 the team needs to understand that um, I am there, that leader is there, uh, if there are additional issues, if there are questions, if there needs to, if there needs to be some form of escalation, um, and that that person is there to be able to help them through that, but that they are empowered, this is a big thing for me, they are empowered, and that they know that they are empowered to handle the situation um, because they then understand that there is trust that has been instilled and that there is faith in them and their abilities and their skill and that they can progress forward. Again, understanding that there is that person there who will be that lifeline um, you know, if it is needed, you know, if, if you need to tap that shoulder, that person is there. Um, but really, I, I, as I said, I'd like for it to be, um, particularly personally for me, I like to be a reflection of what it is that I would expect from those who are, you know, who are, who are, who are following, who are following behind me, right. Who are following, you know, um, in, in whatever situations follow me that I like to be a reflection of what it is that, um, they're looking to, to aspire to, and not just, not just a bunch of, um, orders, you know, that's being, or, or this is what you should do with, you know, with the waving the finger and, and anything like that, or, you know, that I know so, 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 so much, more than you um because normally you know we're only what three four maybe five steps depending on the situation you know and, and what it is we're talking about um ahead of someone who is who is following us so we need to still be close enough to it that we can understand their perspective and not be so far away that it's just it does it doesn't doesn't resonate because then that that we're not going to have that gelling and and it's just it's not going to work. Well, and I love that concept of leading from in front, from being a reflection of where the person wants to go, both how to do it. Um, but I think that ties back into what you were saying before. If you are a doormat to the person above you, yeah, yeah. Then your people will probably be doormats too. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And that person, and they're probably a doormat. Exactly. This point, this point. They're probably a doormat to their manager, to their, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's, 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 it's a cycle. And, um, it's just, um, it's a tiring cycle. You know, I mean, I talk about being on this hamster wheel of busyness and that's what it is. It's like, you know, we're just, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. You're just going around. You're going around. You're going around in this hamster wheel of just busyness, 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 you know, or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve by continuing to be that yes person and all those things. But it's just this, this cycle. You're just going around in this circle. Um, and you know, there's, 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 there's no, there's no ending. There's no, okay, let me <laughs> stop and then walk off. You know, it's just kind of like this never ending cycle, um, that, uh, I, um, am, it's very important to me to be able to, share my story to help others be able to break that cycle. The visual I had of that is a hamster on a wheel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I about the, the hamster, the hamster, the hamster wheel of, the, of business. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I mean, and that's, and that's, I mean, I, I was there, I lived there for a very long time. I was on that hamster wheel. I was not comfortable with stillness or, or perceived stillness. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable without, you know, without, you know, consistently doing something that appeared as an overachiever, you know? Um, and again, that's just another thing to make you tired. Just going around, 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 around on this wheel. <laughs> you know, that's just another way to just exhaust yourself. It might in fact be a good question for a person if you are finding projects to do or just doing work from home, even though you're on your two week vacation, (laughs) you've been there. You know what that's like. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my God. The first vacation I ever took. And it's funny because vacations to me, I mean, I would leave going on the vacation telling my manager, but if you need me, like, yeah, that, that, that'd be me. So you need me, you know, you can call, you can, the, when we went on a, um, well, this was a long time ago, but I didn't have as much responsibility then because we went on our first cruise for our honeymoon, which was 20 years ago. But subsequent cruises, when I had, you know, I was more into the, um, in, into uh, more of a management uh, role or whatever. That was just like the only time that I really would be away. You know, I really would be away because when you're out there on the sea, you're obviously, you know, I, you know, you're not going to be checking email. <laughs> necessarily but that was pretty much the only time i mean back in the day i'd I'd find ways you know i'm saying i'm gonna i you know i'll check the email i'll respond but also to be again totally transparent here there was a little you know a a a little bit of, of exhilaration i'd get by knowing oh look at this i mean i'm away on vacation and i'm still handling business Right. You know, I'm getting ready to go. I don't know. Bungee jump off of this. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm still getting it done. I'm still getting it handled, you know, um, and that that in itself is a whole other. It's all it's just all, all part of it. You know, it just feeds it feeds itself. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been talking about being a rock star leader and redefining it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm truly serves a person um and so i have two questions for you let's start with the first one okay you could go back in time you know you could jump in a time Mm -hmm. machine and go talk to the younger version of yourself 
What advice would you? Um, okay, so one of the first things I would say is to not be so concerned about what other people think. Um, that took up a lot of time uh, it, it, in my life, just being so concerned about how I was perceived. Um, you know, did people really like me or were they just, you know, being polite? Uh, you know, did they really think that I was, you know, a good fit or great or, you know, whatever the things that people, whatever adjective they were using to describe me, did they really believe that or, you know, were they just saying whatever? Uh, because I had a problem trusting it. So even if you said it to me, I still internally didn't trust it, which made me continue to try harder and harder. So just not being concerned um, to that level uh, in regards to what people think, especially people who, I mean, I would feel that way pretty much about like somebody I just met, you know, for the first time, um, uh, you know, and just engaged them for the first time. I mean, it wasn't even like it was just with very close, you know, family members, people who knew me for a long time, who's obviously, you know, those people are, you know, obviously we care more about their opinions, but just in general. Um, and instead, to truly, truly, truly be comfortable acknowledging the greatness that you have within yourself. Because we know, we know, we just don't want to acknowledge for whatever reason. Maybe we feel it's, it seems conceited, right? Maybe, you know, we, you know, we, we maybe it's based on the way we were, we were brought up, you know, whatever. That's just not, you know, the way that you, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily go around being so, you know, confident within yourself or, 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 or saying, you know, such confident things about yourself. Um, but being able to truly, truly, truly um, know and acknowledge the greatness that you have within you and walk within that greatness and know that even though obviously there are billions and billions of people out there who all are great in their own way, only you are great in your way. Only you are great in your way. And um, that's also a huge, huge uh, uh, thing because I know for myself when that, when I made that change, that was pretty, 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 pretty significant um, for me. Well, and in fact, true humility is having a right perspective of yourself. And so mm. to not acknowledge the things that you are good at is not being humble. It's mm -hmm. a lot of other psychological problems, but right. it's not humility. Um, so the second question I have for you, yep. finding rock star leadership has mm. so many great points in it. Yep. Uh, Thank you. And uh, it's almost an unfair question, but <laughs> in, the next, <laughs> in the next minute or so, uh, give somebody something really simple and quick that they could take action on right now, just from having just listened to the radio show. They haven't even read the book. Obviously, they need to get the book. Um, right. But what's an action they could take right now? Oh, boy. Yeah, okay. So let me see. You're right. I, I do have... <laughs> There are, there are some, okay. So I have my seven principles. So I'm trying to think of um, which one. The action that I actually uh, recommend um, in, the, in, in, in the book is, is my start and don't quit 
Um, and that has to be your go around just getting comfortable being uncomfortable because so many of us are not comfortable being uncomfortable. Fear is our, you know, fear is our guide. And therefore we don't step forward boldly, confidently in our authentic power because of that. Um, so I would say to make a list of, oh, I don't know, maybe three to five um, things that you know that you want to do, need to do, would like to do, but that you have not done more than likely due to fear. It could also be due to, oh, I haven't had the time. Oh, you know, I started and, and, and I got blocked. And choose at least two of those. And start them and do not quit. The amount of things that we can get accomplished when we do that, it doesn't mean that you start it and you don't run into a block. It doesn't mean that you start it and everything's happy path all the way. What it means is you start it and you take it all the way through to the end. Because when you get on the other side of that and you look back and you see, oh my God, I was able to do it. One of the biggest things that we do is we stop. We stop in the midst before we're able to get ourselves to the other side. And then we're convinced, oh, look, I, I, you know, I'm not able to do this. I, I, I wouldn't be able to change. Gosh, you know, I'm not happy here and I want to be over there, but there's no way I'd be able to do it because every time I try and start something, I can't finish it. Just continue to do it. Do it scared. Do it scared, do it frightened, do it sad, do it everything, do whatever, but do it. Continue to do it to get yourself through it. It may not be perfect. That's another thing for my perfectionists out there. I get it. It may not be perfect, but it will be done. And you can look back and say, I was able to accomplish it. And then that can start to be the um, that can start to be, that can be your example, your true life example that you use when you do the next thing. And when you do the next thing, and when you do the next thing, and it'll, it'll propel you forward. That is an amazing tip. The book is called Redefining Rockstar Leadership, Making It Work For You, Not You For It, written by Renette Clark Williams. It's available on Amazon. It's an international bestseller. And the book that goes with it is just about ready to come out. Um, and we're excited to see that too. Renette, thanks so much for spending some time with us today and helping everybody up-level up themselves and redefine the rock star leader in them. Thank you so much, Steve. I greatly appreciate it. Um, this has been great. Thank you so much. I would really appreciate it if after this powerful session, that we had here today with Renette. If you would go on to Facebook or Twitter, whichever one you use most, use hashtag thriving entrepreneur and list what one thing you got out of listening to Renette today. Um, first of all, that'll help other people that are looking. Maybe they didn't catch the thing you've caught. And so together we can all really glean some great information. But I really wanna know what was the thing that stood out for you because then that way we can bring more stuff to you that helps up-level you and helps you be better at being a thriving entrepreneur. 
Our last commercial break is coming up and then we'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Today we've been talking about rock star leadership and about how amazing you are, how incredibly powerful you are, and how you can make your business work for you and not you for it. And I hope that you really got some great things out of of what Renette said. Um, I know it helped me. We had so much fun with this conversation. Um, most of you know, you know, the interviews are almost always pre-recorded and then I come back in and I do the post edits and, and the drop-ins and things like that. And, uh, you know, the 40-ish, 45 minutes that Renette and I were talking just zipped by, you know, before we knew it, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, we need to wrap this thing up because, uh, you know, there's only an hour for the show and there isn't a whole lot of that hour left. So, um, you know, I hope that you got a lot out of it. Do hashtag thriving entrepreneur and list what one thing you got out of today. I want you to really know and embrace that you are a rock star leader. To define it like what Renette does and so that being a rock star isn't just uh, you know being the doormat of your business but rather you are the person who is strong and confident enough to be able to stand in your power and be the best version of yourself. That's really being a rock star. Just, uh, you know, being the go-to person and never saying no, that really doesn't do you a whole lot of service. And it doesn't really serve the world either. Because at the end of the day, you have a purpose. You have a message And we want to see you share that message with the world. Do come join us at Bestsellers Guild. We would love to have you there because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. Kathy and I are here to help you, the rock star that you are, be able to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until next time, I hope you have a really super rock star, great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time.
You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.